Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. So if you can think about what that is like, you know how the piece of meat for a puppy or the kitty treat for a kitty or whatever it is, they can't think about anything else until they get that resolved somehow. What if we could pray like that? That's how Jesus teaches us to pray. And I think it's reasonable to assume that is exactly how Jesus prayed himself. Imagine the puppy dog look in his eyes. The kitty cat staring at a kitty treat. When you read these seemingly ordinary words that begin verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. It seems ordinary, but his eyes were dialed in to his heavenly father. Nothing would distract him. Nothing would get in the way of this. He was asking God persistently in prayer for whatever he was asking. And it must have made quite an impression on the disciples because what came next after they watched him do this was a request to help them do it too. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. Pray, Father, you alone are my Heavenly Father. It is a privilege that I enjoy, not because I reached up and grabbed you, but because you descended from heaven to earth and made it possible through your Son, Jesus Christ. Prayer is not a right or an entitlement because we're sinful people. It is a privilege that our Heavenly Father grants us. Jesus then went on and said, Pray, hallowed be your name. Let your name rise above all other names and be exalted above all other names by me and by all others. Your kingdom come. God, you rule in our hearts through your word and sacraments. Rule there. Kick out my own desire for a me-first rule, and you rule, your kingdom come, to my heart and to the hearts of many. Really, in the prayer we just had with the kids in the children's message, asking God to help us to be happy as we repent of sin and listen to his message of forgiveness, we were really basically praying, thy kingdom come. You come and rule in my heart through your word. Give us each day our daily bread that covers everything we need for our earthly life whatever it is lord give it to us each day and help me to focus on one day at a time worth of earthly needs and not worry about tomorrow forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who sins against us 
That's another massive prayer, isn't it? When you think about how God forgives our sins, he doesn't rank them. He doesn't say, well, I'll forgive these sins, but not those from you. And he doesn't rank people, well, I'll forgive those folks over there, but not him, not her, definitely not them. God forgives all without rank. We ask him there to help us also forgive without rank. All people, all sins, Lord, help me to forgive others like that. And it's easy to see why we need a change of heart with only God's ability to change our heart to do that. Lead us not into temptation. It's not that sometimes God leads us into temptation, but other times not. Here we're asking, Lord, when I am veering off path into temptation, you lead me away from it. Help me always pick the right path. The last request, not recorded in Luke, but recorded in Matthew, is but deliver us from evil. Evil touches our lives in lots of ways, great and small, on this sinful planet. And when we pray, but deliver us from evil, we're asking God to deliver us from it. Each and every time it touches our lives in his time. And then ultimately, we're asking him to deliver us from evil when he calls us out of this life to our heavenly home. He has the kingdom. He has the power. He has the glory unmatched. And not just for a few days, months, years, or even centuries, but forever and ever. That is the one to whom we are praying. Do we have that puppy dog look? Do we have that puppy dog priority? Persistence? It's easy to find examples in our own lives of the answer being no. We don't pray like that to God. Too often we have the wrong priority. And that means prayer is a last resort almost, or a middling resort, not a first resort. And the main one. We also have the wrong priority in that, did you notice how many of these petitions in the Lord's Prayer have to do with earthly things? And how many of them have to do with needs for your soul? Where you ask God to come change your heart so that you live more like Him and less like the sinful world around you. One for this earth. Six needs of the soul. So please do not misunderstand what's coming next. I'm not saying don't pray for better health and and don't pray for financial things as they come up. But don't emphasize that to the degree that, certainly not that that's all you're praying for. Jesus teaches us here that it's more important to pray for contentment as you deal with money. And that it's more important to pray for the soul that you have to change, to forgive others rather than deal with this particular mess that's going on, whatever it might be. And so make sure you don't just pray for needs of the body, but also and grow to emphasize the needs of the soul in your prayer life. Not only do we pray with the wrong priority, it's easy to say we pray with the wrong persistence. Don't you know what that's like when you prayed for something 
and in your opinion it didn't happen, so you give up. Or you pray for something once or twice, and then you kind of stop, the, like you didn't have the puppy dog staring at the meat anymore, or the kitty cat staring at the kitty treat anymore. You just kind of got distracted and whatever, and never circled back to praying again. Jesus says pray with persistence, and, and sadly, we don't. We also forget who we're praying to. I know that it is a, a challenge for me to remember who I'm praying to. And here's what I mean by that. Just because I can't change a certain situation, I slip into thinking, well, God probably can't either. Just because I won't be able to get better at this or, or help someone with that, I assume God really can't help me get better at this or help them with that either. We forget who we're praying to. We forget that, yes, God is above us, but the gap between God and us is tremendous. It's not small. He's not just a couple ticks above us. He is an enormous way above us. That's who we're praying to. And not only all of that, not only is he unmatched in his wisdom, his power, and his love, he is far more willing to give than we are to ask. He is far more willing to be found than we are to seek. He is far more willing to open the door than we are to knock. Remember who you're talking to when you're praying to God, our Heavenly Father, and have that privileged status. Thankfully, Jesus did not just say, well, you don't care about me, I don't care about you either. He did not just say, well, you don't want to knock, I told you you should, you won't, okay, fine. I'm not opening the door. And you lost your chance. That's not how Jesus proceeded. Instead, he proceeded to want to be our substitute. As he prayed to his heavenly Father for his mission to go well and to be finished, with that puppy dog undistracted look in his eyes, with, with that intensity that was unmatched. He did that to be our substitute, which means he was all in on saying, Father, treat me like I have treated prayer as a last resort. Treat me like I prayed once kind of and then gave up. Treat me like I stopped seeking, asking, and knocking things from you, needs of my soul. Treat me like that. I'll take those sins of the cross. And instead, Father, I want you to treat them, those who believe in me, as though they've had my perfect prayer life. As though they have never once failed to have priority or persistence. That is what Jesus gives you. It's wrapped up into the word Savior. What an honor that he has done that for us and then also invites us to come and pray anew. The last few verses here in our sermon verses describe God's heart, which I think are really insightful for us to, to ponder. Who are you talking to? What, what does he think of you? These are some descriptions. Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend 
You go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Let me pause there and say, I think you'd have to know that person really well, wouldn't you, in order to do that? Jesus says, the one inside might answer, don't bother me, the door is already locked, my children and I are in bed, I can't give up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. This is not a human being, a Christian friend even saying, why don't you try praying with shameless audacity and see what happens? This is God telling you, pray to me with shameless audacity. It's what I want from you. Wow, take that home. He goes on to say, I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Here, there's some insight into the original language of Greek. It's a present tense, each of these commands. And so the flavor behind the command is this. Keep on asking. It's a continual, present situation. Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. How powerful to hear God tell us not, it might be given, it might be found, it might be opened, that door that you're knocking on. No, God says it will. He always, he always answers your prayer in one of two ways. Either yes or no, but trust me. They can always be boiled down to that. And they're both great answers from our wise, loving, powerful God. As I mentioned earlier, He's far more willing to give than we are to ask. He's far more willing to be found than we are to seek. He's far more willing to open that door wide for us than we are to knock. It blows our mind that God would be like that, but He is. It's in His Word. And there in His Word, He doesn't lie. Jesus goes on to drive the point home further when He says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, We'll give him a scorpion. My kids have lots of requests. They've changed over the years. Now they're ages 12 through 20, and so it used to be they would say, can you help me tie my shoe? Can you help me fix my sandbox? Fix my, the swing on the swing set, things like that. Now it's questions like, can you help me learn how to throw a cutter? Can you help me with my car insurance? Can you help me get my driver's license permit? Can you help me plan a wedding? That one happened not too long ago for us as our oldest daughter, Abby, got married. And we would never say, Dad, can you help me with my learner's permit? No, here, have a rattlesnake. We would never say, take a scorpion. I hope it stings you in your shoe and you don't even know it's coming. We would never, ever do that. You would not do that either. You never would. 
Jesus argues here from the lesser to the greater by saying, if you, human beings, as parents, even though you are evil, even though you are sinful, you, you are me first sometimes, and that me first part of you does battle with the godly part of you, but, but you're evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your kids. You would never, ever give them a snake or a scorpion or something that is harmful. How much more will your heavenly Father, who is not evil, who is only holy and loving and perfect and wise, how much more will he give gifts to you that are good when you ask him? Jesus, teach us how to pray like this. Give us the heart that is the same heart as a puppy or a kitty staring at food and not giving up until it gets resolved. We do not have the right to go into Governor Abbott's office and march in there and tell him anything we want about our day. We do not have the right to go to President Biden's office and march in there and tell him anything we want about our day. We do have the right to go into God, our Heavenly Father's throne room of heaven and tell him anything we want about our day. We can't possibly wear out our welcome. God bless you as you pray like that. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.